The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deek speaking. Everyone relax. This is Tofa. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Fofa. I'm Will Anderson and returning guest Charlie Clawson. A Felicity Ward is here. In fact, last time you were just in the intro. Mm. You're last our first guest introer. I like to open for a bigger support act. Right, that was good. It was the first podcast we've done that had an opener. That really feels like the podcast is going up in the world. <laughs> if we can afford an opener, imagine if every week before the podcast we had like, you should. I'll be it. out in ten minutes. <laughs> we'll talk shit in ten minutes, Get- but in the meantime, here's a new, a new guy on the block. Maybe it's a good, a good way to yeah. You can ease people in. You can have like open mic podcasters, right? People that haven't done that many podcasts before, but they're looking to get into the game. Right, I give them a light at four. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> just wrap it up, guys. Yeah, that'll do. Just I'll doing like. a lot of crap. Crowd work, you're like, mate, work you can't do it. crowd work here. Yeah, what's your name? What do you do? That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. never going to work yeah. in a podcast, right? <laughs> Don't give me the difference between men and women. That's not going to work I at mean, all. People can be saying their own names at home, but it's not going to be helpful for you in an improv sense. That's not going to work for you on a podcast, mate. No. That might work where you're from, right, but not here. Yeah, mate, in your live clubs, yeah. talking to people. Yeah. Do you have any crowd interaction in your show? We're in Edinburgh. We should mention that. I think people know that we're in Edinburgh. Tell tell so. people uh, where your show's on and what it's called. My show's called The Iceberg. It's on at the Dairy Room, which is up at Bristow Square at nine twenty five. And it has a great uh, bit of cover art. <laughs> it has a really good bit of cover art. Really good photo. So yesterday I got an email from my publicist saying, and I usually don't. I don't read reviews, and I don't. Um, so I don't know if I've had any publicity unless there's stars on my poster. That's sure. the only time that I know. And there's heaps of stars on your poster. It's like there's a new sheriff in town. No, <laughs> that, that means there's one star, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. It's like, it's like there's way too many sheriffs yeah, in town. This, yeah, this, town, this is a town of sheriffs. <laughs> that's right. We need someone who isn't a sheriff in this town. All the sheriffs are corrupt. Right. This is terrible. We need some civilians. And they can't arrest each other. We need someone to come to this town and co- commit a crime. Because like, otherwise this is a massive wastage of public resources. And yet they all have access to what the law is so they can find the loopholes themselves. Right. It's chaos. Yeah, they wrote it all in sans sheriff. Oh, oh, not a moment too soon for a font joke. That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> so this, yesterday I got an email and my publicist was like, I wasn't sure whether to send you yeah. this, but all I'm going to say is boom. boom. And then she sent me a photo of the cover of the Edinburgh Times pullout and it's my photo on there. On the cover? On the cover. Oh, my God. See, people for people who aren't here in Edinburgh, who aren't consumed by this festival, which we assume everybody is while we're here, All but of the, the time. rest of the world keeps going on. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's wars in countries and stuff. But um, uh, basically, uh, you if you get the front cover... It normally means that you've got the best review in the yeah in the thing. That's usually what yeah, it means. They give you the cover because like it's really mean of a newspaper to go. Look at this person's two big stars. photo. Two stars. Their show. Do shit. not see this at all costs. Nowhere like near a, enough sheriffs. It's like a reward sign. <laughs> right. Like wanted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To get this person off stage. Yeah, now. they said they want the photo because they think it's the best one to put a red circle around it. A line. Yeah, through. yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
this is like cancer. Do not see it. Right. Um, so that that was the idea. And I, I actually wrote to her and said, they wouldn't put that for a three-star review, would they? And she went, no, because they hadn't done a story on yep. me, so it wasn't going to be a review. Right. And so I, I bought it this morning and uh, and I was looking through the section and there's a double-page spread on feminist comedy. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, maybe I am part of that story. Yep. And then on the side there's like a f- women to watch and the little column on the side, not in there. And I flicked through and then I'm not in the review section. I emailed, like I sent a text message to my publicist and I went, am I going crazy or is there like not a mention of me anywhere? And she called me back and she said, I've never had this in Edinburgh before. They just really like the photo. Right. <laughs> so They're like, well, we're talking about women in comedy and she's a woman in comedy. Yeah, am I right? I mean, we're not going to like plug her show. Not at all. <laughs> no, that- there's, there's a tiny little byline somewhere that says, Felicity Ward, uh, Bristow Square, 925. Maybe, so it's you and a cockatoo, right? It's me and a cockatoo. Right. He, his and name is Hector and he was more expensive than the photographer because I got it done in London and cockatoos are not native to this country. Right. Oh, yeah, right. So you have to get like a cockatoo who's working overseas. That's right. International now, is it, is it an actual cockatoo? Do they have to smuggle it in? Is this <laughs> a border security issue? Is that, <laughs> it, what, is that why it costs so much? Is Channel 7 listening? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you the answer if Channel 7 is not listening. Um, yeah, no, it's a real cockatoo. Uh, it's, it's, he's, he's a professional wrangler. Right. Uh, like cockatoo wrangler, the guy that does it. I uh-huh. remember that they're cockatoos name and not the wrangler the cockatoo's name is hector right which is an excellent name for a cockatoo and uh, does hector have, have to have a visa or anything yeah to I, work overseas he's got right of abode his mum's right. english he's so. like, yeah uh, yeah that's right he's got a dual nationality yeah, yeah. but he was, he was born on it after 1983 right. so he got an automatic passport okay oh that's fine so i yeah. may or may not be giving you background information to my own visa situation. <laughs> <laughs> well these were the things that you and the cockatoo talked about that's right we had a lot in common i like the placement of your poster up where near your venue because the cockatoo seems to be looking up some woman's behind. It's awesome, isn't it? There's a woman called Ivy Page who's actually on After Me in the same room. Oh, right, okay. And she's a burlesque, uh, a burlesque artist, and she her picture is of her wearing like a like a sequin g string or something yeah. and a corset. But she's standing with her back to the camera and looking back over her shoulder. Yeah. But it looks like my cockatoo is looking away from me and looking yeah. straight into the eye of an ass cheek. Yeah. Which is also known as an, as, as an asshole, I think. An asshole. The, the eye of the ass cheek is the asshole. Oh, the asshole looking yeah. into the eye. Yeah. You're not meant to look into the eye. No. Oh, no, that's where the calmness is. You're meant to get into the yeah, eye. Yeah, you're supposed to get into that's the like, eye. Yeah. Or you turn to look at that guy. You know what that? You know what that eye needs? A cockatoo. Yeah. Come on. Wait, hey. not a moment to Thank say. you. Thank no, you. No, no, yeah. But back to font jokes. Back anyway. to font jokes, yeah. <laughs> uh, so has it been a pleasant Edinburgh experience? Are you having a good time? Like what? how many times have you been to this festival? This is my fifth festival performing and I've been here six times. So okay. I, 2007 I came here as a punter uh-huh. and then uh, I'm just looking at you with your feet on the table. I'm like, God, that looks comfortable. So it's shoes off and legs crossed for me. Right, just go for it. Yeah, I just had to, I had to talk people through it. Otherwise it would just be a lot of... Uh, I mean, these are, these are br- the brown vinyl couches. So I think you can put no. your feet on them. I know. I think so. I'm glad it's not a sweaty day, though, because it'd just be back sweat. Oh. That's what I think of when I see a leather couch. I'm like... Back sweat. I would stick That's your that. first thought. Yeah. <laughs> back sweat. Well, first, like, can I sleep on that? And right. then second, I would stick. <laughs> I, would stick I reckon these things are non-stick. Yeah. I they're Teflon. They're, Teflon I reckon, leather. Yeah, I reckon they've seen some action <laughs> and they've been hosed down. They have been the wiped down. Right. The cleaners, apparently the cleaners are coming in at 12.30. I bet they're not even cleaners. I bet they just push some button and like this whole place just washes out like a cow Like a dip, public like a, toilet. Yeah, like a public, one of those public toilets yeah. We're that on you a go timer. out of and then it just washes the whole thing. This is on a seven-day timer, this right. whole apartment. 
and that you just put a coin and you just put in 20p at the beginning of the week and then at the end of that it does a full massive clean out. Yeah, it was really weird that they said to me, like they said, oh, the cleaners are coming in at 12.30, please cover all your electricals in plastic. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> okay, that doesn't – all right. I mean, worse. I can if that's I mean, if that's, that's how not, it works. It's a, it's a fancy place. Yeah, it kind of is. Well, it's like it's it's got um, a big surround sound television that I mm. have not turned on. Um, it has a weird, a big printer just sitting on the floor. That is actually really handy room. when you're traveling. A printer. I, I just, I wish there was, are they small? They probably use, are they small printers? Yeah. All right. To travel with. I should probably look into like that. Like that printer I have over there, you can see over my shoulder, there's a <gasps> oh. printer, a tiny little one that I travel with. That's so awesome. Yeah. I should probably It's modern get on. times, Felicity. It really is modern times. It really is. It's 2014. It's nearly it? 2015. Is it? Yeah. Jesus. The noughts, they're gone. The noughties. The noughties. The oh. zeros. Oh, the noughties. They're gone, mate. They're gone. They're out of here. They're a memory. We're they're into the dis- teens. We're well into the teens. We're pubescent. We are. We're 14. We are masturbating furiously. What no, were my- you like at 14? Well, I mean... Apart I from a- masturbating furiously. Oh, I didn't really have a lot of other time between that <laughs> school and... <laughs> going to the dairy. Yeah. Um, what was I like at 14 years old? Um, so, 14, I guess I'm in year nine at school. Okay. And, I, like, 14 would have been the year that I first... Year, year like, nine? I think so, 14, 15, year 10. Yeah, yeah I was 17 yeah, when I was in year 12. That all makes sense. Oh, sorry. Yeah, of course it does. I'm yeah. like, but do you know what I was just about to say? What? Oh, my God, I'm such a fucking idiot. Yeah. I was about to go... But I was 14 in year eight. And I'm like, we're four years apart or five years apart. Fucking hell. Wow. Yeah, that would have been terrible maths. I'm just astonished at my stupidity sometimes. Right. And you don't have drugs or alcohol to blame no, it on anymore. I got That's nothing. just 100% for This is a full ward. strength tea, though. Oh, yeah, I mean. it's full strength, mate. There's one sugar in that. So. <laughs> I'm off my face. I just spilled some of my tea on my crotch. So. Yeah, but that was only because of my appalling logic. That's not even math. That's just logic. Oh, yeah. But, you know, sometimes you just get confused with stuff like that. Like it's, Yes, and, I do. All the time. Yeah, but there's nothing more embarrassing. Because you know you're a smart enough person. Like, I'm not saying I'm some genius or anything. Like, clearly not. But, like, smart enough. Smart like, enough. You know, smart enough. I've made smart enough to get here. I get around. Yeah. Everything's fine. You've got a, a travelling printer. You're right. smart enough. That's right. I've worked some shit out. Yeah. Like, you know. So, and then you get confused by the dopier shit. Like, I am terrible at, like, you know, different time zones. And, yes. like, sometimes I still mess up 24-hour time. That's great. Like, I just, like, for some reason I find, like, um, you know, like 4.30, yep. really 6.30 a lot. Because it's got the yep. 6 in it. Do you, you know, know it's a 16.30. And I'm, like, I just sometimes if I'm not quite looking or whatever, I'm, like, man. My sad way that I do that is if I'm on 24-hour time and it says 16.30, then I go, well, you minus two from the 6. So it's. 14.30, which is the 4.30. Right. Oh, no, which I'm is pre- difficult, but I'm, that's what I do every time. But I'm pretty good for it. Like, I'm pretty good. I'm good for it, mate. I'm pretty good for it apart from 4.30, 6.30. Okay, just that like one. Like, just that one. Because it, it's a six somehow in my mind. It just yeah. plays a trick with me. Well, if I have if, – if there's – um if I'm catching a flight and it has it in 24-hour time, I will still do minus two. Oh, uh, and I will check. I will recheck. I will get friends to check. Yeah. <laughs> I have got che- friends to check before because uh, I just – I can't afford to miss it. Right. Well, I can't afford to miss it. Literally can't afford to miss it. But B, 
No sympathy for your missing planes mm, at the airport. Mm, 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 they mm, do mm. not give a shit about what happened in your they day. They do not give a sh- They certainly don't give a shit that you're an idiot. Oh, no. They don't oh, give a shit. Stupid. Oh, you stupid. Oh, on. let's give you an upgrade and open the doors again. Right. Oh, hang on. You didn't leave nine hours early because that's what you have to do now. Yeah. Because that's the other thing is like if people haven't flown recently, you might not realise but like the fucking times have padded right out again. Yeah, because yeah. Because airlines don't give a shit about us and airports don't give a shit about us they just get in and then we'll just grab you by the ankles and fucking shake all the money out of your pockets for substandard service yep like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to put all the worst businesses in the world in the one place, let them double their prices and see if you will pay for this shit. I hope just you like fly a fisting a plane. because you're about to get on a plane. Oh, by the way, in the old days, we used to like, you know, like you were allowed to take your bags on because you're traveling on a plane. Probably to somewhere where you'll need stuff. <laughs> but you know what? Fuck you. You've got to pay for that shit now. What, what are you, uh, you know, EasyJet? Yeah, just try to jam. Uh, no, everywhere in America now. Like every oh, airline, yeah, yeah. you have to like pay for baggage. It's not included. Like not even one bag. And so what happens is, which I'm fine for, I'll pay the fucking baggage. But what happens is, it doesn't mean that everybody pays the baggage. In the old days when it was included in the price, everybody put their bag underneath the plane, right? Mm. But nowadays, because it's not included in the price, people get on a plane, like they're playing fucking Tetris. Yeah, yeah. They've got like, you know, bags in L shapes. And you're yeah. like, why? And That's then you a go, guitar, mate. It's like, it, no, it's my carry-on. Well, what's that bag? Uh, it's my backpack. Shut up. You get one Probably what fucking happened to MH17, mate. You can make that joke. I'm not. <laughs> You can make that one. Tis, tis, tis. That's all right. Just not getting involved. That's a fun joke. Might not that's, be too, a, that's, a, that's an okay joke. So this is I'm 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 more frustrated with the security end of things. This is this is my issue. The other day, I think I think I was at Heathrow, and I was leaving Heathrow, and oh. I was going to Canada, and I walked through the beep 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 beep, and I pride myself every time. I'm like, I haven't got any shit on right. me. You travel. I, my toiletries are out. My laptop is out. My aerosols are out. You don't need to ask me, dude. I'm on top of this. Mate, okay? I take that to a different level. I get on the other side. Once we've got through to the other side, I will stack the fucking trays. I'm like, yeah, I, I sometimes, stack the trays too. Sometimes I'm like, I work here, mate. Yeah. And I, and I'm, it's like Move I'm leading by example. End. We take everything down. Everything if down you can as grab far a tray, as you can go. Fuck off. Go and sit over there and They're put your on shoes rollers. on. rollers. It's going to come to you. It's coming to don't you. Don't wait just outside the plastic right. little area. Certainly don't wait one bit outside there and then have everyone else jam. Well, in you're trying that. to put your fucking belt on yeah. and scuffle your shoes on. Move down and let everyone else get to their where back. they have seats. Five. Like, seriously. They've and guess what? The x ray machine's not a surprise. Maybe in the line when you're standing there before the x-ray machine, you could start to prepare what things that are actually in your... Like, yeah. it's not... You don't actually have to start thinking about it the minute they say, do you have a Kindle? Like, you can actually think about, do I have a Kindle before then? When you're coming into the line in the first place. Right. So I'm walking out of Heathrow. I don't have any... Like, I've, my, my shoes, are, you know, they're barely canvas. There's, right. there's no... I don't have any metal on me. Great brand, though. I love them. W- love them. As featured in Sex in the City. <laughs> And so I walked through the little meta det- detector and it went yep. beep, 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 beep. Yep. Oh. And I went, what's this? And then she got the little, you know, the, the wavy machine yeah. where they see where it is. Yep. So they wave it over my hip and there's like a metal thing. Hang on. And what? they said, well, just step into the x-ray machine, the one where you put your head, hands above your head, yeah. which I don't love anyway. And right. I, th- I don't love because anyway. Because of x-rays? And yeah, I just... Look, I think it's fucking unnecessary. I think it's a complete invasion of privacy. I don't, I don't, I don't like it, and I think it's absolutely too far. On top of that, of which, I got out afterwards and I said, "What was made of metal?" And she said, 
oh, there's something in uh, – she said, oh, I think it was that area. And I went, but there's nothing metal there. And she goes, oh, no, sometimes it just goes off randomly. So I just got x-rayed right. randomly. They didn't describe that to me. They didn't explain that to me. They didn't tell me why, uh, even if it is random. What the fuck are you looking for? Right. It just makes me really, really angry. It's – I just – I don't like people invading my privacy for absolutely no reason. I don't like being putting in an x-ray machine for literally no reason. I don't want to be paranoid about this, <laughs> but, but I think chances are you've been replaced by a robot. Oh, man. Like, I think that's – and this is actually a cover-up, <sighs> and in the future we will see that, but that's where the beeping will come. We're just like – they're checking. That's probably why they're x-raying us. So is check it still my brain parts. or robot body? Oh, yeah, they've probably only replaced a bit of you at this stage because they're still experimenting. It's in the early stages, but they're like – you know, experimenting on people and like, you know, pu- you know, putting in little robot parts. And then when you walk through the airport. So you're literally telling me I have a replacement hip then? Yeah. They probably do it. They probably do it while we're asleep on the plane. That's the perfect plan. Because well, they make an x-ray. I don't sleep on planes. How do you get around that? Do you, well, I mean, maybe that's why you've only got the tiny little bit in your Yeah, head. they tried to put in more, but <laughs> right. I kept waking up. Right. <laughs> do you not sleep on the whole flight? Because you fly from Australia to London like yeah. a lot. You must sleep on that flight, right? I've gone plenty of those without sleeping one wink. What do you do for 24 hours in a row? I meditate. <laughs> I do. That's the only yeah, thing. Just get iced up just in a, get... in a captive situation. It's the one time. It's the, it's the worst one time, time I... to get on meth. Is it? You can't get out. You're surrounded by strangers, people that you can't tell that you're on meth. I mean, you can tell them. It, you can freak them out. Yeah, you get arrested. Well, you can't get arrested in the sky. Yeah, you can. You get handcuffed to your seat. For just for being on meth. I reckon if you were just on meth, you'd probably be going off. Well, maybe you were just like you like to take meth and then watch movies. Maybe you like to take meth and have a cigarette in the cabin, though. Oh man. Like I love that they still have to give that announcement. <gasps> I like, I love that like as if there's gonna still be one person who's like, hang on. It happened. A what? What do you mean? Uh plane last year, I think it was in Australia, and so the I came over there they went, Ladies and gentlemen, this is just a reminder uh that smoking is illegal everywhere on the plane. It is strictly prohibited. There has been some smoking happen in the middle toilet. So if you can just check with the person next to you to see if they smell like cigarette smoke and then please report it oh to God. one of the air hostesses. It was so awesome. Right, so people had to dob someone in. 2013, mate. 2013. Last and year someone having a fan. Hang on, so but do you know what happened? Like Mm-mm. was it No, they didn't give us updates. It's not Twitter. Right, but they should. Yeah, no, you it would have been to, so You should be able to follow that on like one of those in-flight things. I where know. You can fly, I don't, fuck the flight. I know where Who we're going. Who got busted? That's but, yeah. all I care about. Like, and you, like they have his little seat and you see him, like the bell come on. Like that, that's what they should go to straight away. As like, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to get the person to uh, – and to make this more fun, if you switch to Channel 31 right now, you'll be able to follow this and you see everyone in their seats, just like little dots, right? And then the dot, the light comes on and you see them trot down yeah, to the yeah. dot. You see them come up to – yeah, yeah. That'd or be cool. like, you know, how you go to Channel 1 and you can see outside the front of the plane? Like oh, you yeah. can see – it's, it's that, but it's inside the cabin. Oh. So it's just like reality TV of who's getting busted for smoking on the plane. Right. Imagine still smoking on the plane. Isn't that kind of awesome? Well, you know, it's like one of those things where, like, it's so, it's hard to believe in our lifetime how much things have changed when it comes to, mm. like, smoking, for example. Mm. Right. Like, I remember... Like, you know, when we, when people, because uh, so, when I first started doing comedy, people could smoke indoors, like on stage and in yeah, the venues right. and stuff. 
But I remember like people smoking, like smoking in restaurants and stuff. I don't and remember that. Now it's like the idea that like someone was smoked next to you while you're in eating a restaurant. Or someone smoked during their food. Oh yeah, people would smoke during their food. It's amazing. People, people used to smoke but inside. All people used to smoke on planes, though. Like, right. Imagine just being – well, actually, someone – I was just thinking how horrible the air quality would be, but apparently the air quality was better then because they had to have the higher rate of, like, air Circulation. cycle. Now, they're like, wow. breathe it in, mate. Breathe in everyone else's farts and heinous halitosis breath and bad feet smell. Well, people uh, know this who've listened to this podcast because I have talked about this before, but uh, two things on that point. Mm -hmm. Firstly, they say the most horrible smell in the world is the smell when the door opens Mm -hmm. after a flight, after a long... Because basically we all get used to the smells because, you know, they... You know, because it's gradual, but after you've had like that many people trapped in like that one place, like sweating and farting and burping and, you know, whatever. So when you first enter the plane. So when they first, it just like, the smell will knock you (coughs) back, right? And so apparently they do it to haze like new staff. They'll send them down to like open the door. It's like a It's nice to know that bullying happens at every level and of every industry. Um, and secondly, uh, the thing is, I, I flew when people smoked on planes. I flew to Canada on an Air Japan flight, and I was in the row in front of the smoking section, which is the smoking section. That's the smoking section. Which is pretty much other every other section too. Because if people are just smoking the whole time on a plane, no matter how good the fucking circulation is, the plane is full of smoke. That is... It was insane. That's outrageous. What do you do? Did, did you, when you first... Sat down. Did you go, oh, I suppose people smoke on planes? Or did you think this was insane? No, 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 because back then people just smoked in places. Do you know what I mean? Like there was a period of time where people smoked on TV. Yeah. yeah like I remember when Letterman. pretty it, awesome. It was really funny when Letterman would come, you'd come back from the break on Letterman and he would have not quite got his cigar, like, Breath Fully out. ashed out. And, well, so you'd have oh. it down, but like the first thing you'd see is they came back from the break, which is this puff of like white smoke coming out of Dave's mouth before he like turned back to the camera. As if his face was a plane and the television crew were the, was the new crew right. member opening exactly. the plane. But that's what, yes. You, lo- you were looking at me like you knew what I was saying, but I misinterpreted and went, have I just said all the wrong words? Am I... Speaking English because I thought you were looking at me like I was going crazy. Right. Don't read too much into me. No, no. <laughs> I think I zoned out of my own sentence and then came back and went, oh, no, I'm still talking. I went, oh, no, what's that face? All right. So um, uh, what do you enjoy to do on the plane? Do you watch movies? Yeah, I watch lots of movies. Um, I still lie down and, oh, yeah. and yep. I still – so I, I can lie really still for many hours. Okay. So I can look like I'm sleeping. Right. Which is very important for other people to know. No, it's very handy to know. I always think about that in those like end of the world scenarios or like say there's like a zombie invasion or like someone comes in and like, you know, kills everyone and you're like under a body and you have to pretend that you are like dead because that's the only way you'll save your life because if you move, they'll come and fucking put a bullet in your head. You would be great at that. I would be great at that. Whereas I'd be terrible because my hip would hurt. It would hurt after about 20 minutes and I'd have to move. Do you have a bit of deep heat, mate? Mate. This hip is killing me. No, I, I just need something medicinal. I, I'm going to lie here under this body. <laughs> I practice things like this all the time. Oh, what do you um, mean? I'm okay. I don't know when this started. It started very young. I started training for something that will never happen. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure. So, from a very young age, I used to see how far along a pathway I could walk 
with my eyes closed without falling off into the road or into a bush. Right. I will still do that occasionally. Right. That's um, a great way to be hit by a car. Yeah, it's a great. Oh, I make, I listen. Like I use my, obviously, oh, without, right. my, I mean, obviously. without my eyesight, yeah, you, I still have your, other senses. Your other senses are heightened. Exactly. Like daredevil. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one thing I do. Other things that I do. And what, and what are you practicing for that for? Or for no reason? Well. What, what, when would that be handy? If all the lights went out. Oh, yeah? If, if the power was cut uh-huh. and it was night time. Right. So something else that I would do is... Wouldn't you just get your phone out and just use the light off that? Mate, that's only... It's an iPhone. It's only going to last right. for a couple of hours. 30 seconds. End of the world. You're not <laughs> right. going to get chargers, are you? No, can't get them now. Can't get a charger at no. the end of the world. Um, so then the other thing is sometimes I will... And I've been doing this for a long time, come into the house or the apartment, not turn the lights on and see if I can navigate my way through without hitting anything. And it's a, a lot of it is to in case I go blind, I think. Right. Um, another thing is I will fill up. <laughs> You'll be like the most prepared person. Like yeah. Not that I would ever wish this upon you or not that I'm trying to say to blind people that it's like, you know, like, you know, everyone lives how they live. Mm. But I am... Um, but, like, I love the idea that you, like, prepared so well for being blind that when you went blind, the doctor's like, you know what, the, the, the bad transition. news is that you're blind. But the good news is you are the highest functioning <laughs> blind person. The transition I has have, been seamless. I mean, it's, it's like you were born to be blind. Yeah. <laughs> born to be blind. <laughs> and then that starts playing. He's like, I made that tape, like, 20 years ago and I've never got to use it. Until and I'm like, that today. is too loud because my hearing right, is really good. Now. It's heightened it's heightened. Like right. devil. The other thing that I will do is I will fill up um, a glass. Sometimes I'll do this with my eyes closed or again with the lights out. Uh-huh. I'll fill up a glass of water and I put my the top of my index finger on the inside of the glass. So when it hits that, I know that I've reached where it should be. I know, I'm not well. And then... Uh, I don't, I don't really even understand that oh, one. So what just say all the lights are out. Oh, okay. You know. So you're filling up the glass of water. So you won't, but. So should, it won't go over. Oh, right. But shouldn't you just be using your heightened ear senses at that point? Hearing, I mean. But I don't know what the full. I have different size glasses. I oh. can't prepare for everything. Well, well, but can't you just like like use like how big the glass is in your hand and like then make the correlation between like your hand size and like you, you know, know how bad my maths is. Right. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Hang on. But we were both in year nine <laughs> when we were. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Glass. What year were you in? Yeah. How, how, when you were 14. When you were 14, which year were you in? Hang on. Glass? Tell me. Just. All right. I'm just going to pause. Okay. Uh, bag, I had to stop because uh, we, uh, I was running low on batteries and we'd had a discussion just before this podcast about you know, which podcasts I'd lost and hadn't recorded. And I thought, well, that is tempting fate. Yeah, we don't want to do um, that again. And then so when we were plugging it in, we were talking about bagpipe music because the thing that I've had outside my window this whole time, and I'm not sure if like if you come to Edinburgh when the festival's not on, how much bagpipe music you're seeing. It's every Scottish city. I'm joking. It's not. Oh, yeah, I don't really know. Like, I don't know if that's like a racist thing to think. Like, there's a bagpipers. But what I love about the bagpipes is that they really just went, like, we'll invent this really complicated instrument. And then, you know, you can play two songs. Yeah. And what Amazing are the two Grace songs? Amazing Grace. And? And that nah, other one. So, this is something yeah. stupid that my family, my dad used to do. My dad did so many stupid things that I will inevitably pass on to my possible children. So, to do that, to do the bagpipes, what my dad used to make us do is we put our head back, like tilt it back, hold your nose with one finger. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then karate chop uh, your throat. Here you go. Ah, 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 
Four, four tracheotomies in your family, though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> One crushed larynx. But yeah, that's right. My God, worth some it. good times. Worth it. Absolutely some great dinner it. table conversation. Right. I mean, like this. Yeah. <laughs> that was delicious. <laughs> um, we were talking about the fact that in Australia, you were saying that they have a third song. Yeah, so they can play Waltzing Matilda. Right. So during the, uh, the World Cup uh, football oh, match, it was. Sounds like it might be the cleaners. That- Hello? Oh, uh, hang on. Okay, we're going to um, we're going to keep going. Yeah, the cleaners are here, yeah. and uh, we're going to just keep going anyway. So, two thousand and uh, I think it was I don't know if it was two thousand two, two thousand four rugby world cup. It would have been two thousand and two, I think. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it was. I worked down in Sydney and down on the harbour, and so there was a lot of tourists, and there was it was the semi final. I think we were playing um, England and uh, oh, sorry, Britain and. Um, they had a bagpiper that walked up and down playing Waltzing Matilda in our restaurant. Uh-huh. And they were allowed to be there. Wasn't just right, like, it wasn't just like... wasn't money for change. A random guy coming in. Yeah. Like of, someone hanging out, handing out roses. Yeah, and we kept trying to tell him to stop, but he couldn't hear us because the bagpipes right. were so loud. Yeah. But he'd play but Waltzing... his other Mat- senses were heightened. Oh, they were heightened, yeah. yeah. Um, his fluffy hat was really heightened. Right. Uh, <laughs> so he used to... He'd say, uh, play Waltzing Matilda, but... He'd, I don't know why he'd start in a key that he couldn't play. Right. So he'd get to the... And then... But at the... It must have been that bit, that high bit. You go... Oh, yeah, Like just totally change You're like, it doesn't go that way, mate. It doesn't go that way. It's not It's not like toilets, mate. They don't go around the other way. You can't just put a key change in there because you can't hit it. Don't play the song. It goes up there, mate. What? When you do Aha, Take On Me, do you go down on that? No, you don't. You don't, mate. You try. Yeah, you try and go. You try and give it a crack, mate. You give it a red hot You're going to get a letter from Aha's lawyers. Right now. Yeah, Aha and Associates. They actually have their own legal firm. That's what they spent all their money that they made on all their. It would be A H A A A. Oh, yeah. And Associates. Yes. Aha. That's all right. No. That's all right. Do you do whatever you need to be doing? That's fine. So on the uh, on the key change thing, I used to I'd sometimes occasionally still do it. Where one of my favourite things is uh, like I'll do this at shows is uh, when people start happy birthday too high. Oh yes, and at a family gathering, sure, and everyone's going for it, and then as they reach the happy birthday, dear, then they just bail out halfway through. They go happy birthday, dear Derek. Oh yeah, right. So they go down on that one as well. Yeah. Because they start too high, so I get audience members to do it. And right, because I, I I wondered if it was one of those ones where, like, in Happy Birthday, don't you? I normally just leave that bit to the. You right. know, it's like one of those like uh, touring rock artists who can't hit the high notes anymore. Who, so when they get just to, hold they the microphone it. out to the yeah yeah okay. That's what I do with Happy Birthday. Yeah, you all know it. Happy Birthday. It's a good one. You've probably heard it at least once a year. <laughs> on a very, it's, it's special to me. I hope it's special to you. But it's not in the name. It's in the birthday. It's happy birthday, dear Nana. Don't like, sing too much of it. It's still, I oh. don't know if it's still under copyright, but I know it's really expensive to put a happy birthday in. Well, Michael Jackson had to sell it to, um, he had to sell it off, didn't he? Yeah. He, he had to sell off his back catalogue. Right. Well, so, he had to sell his Beatles catalogue back to the Beatles, didn't he? Yeah. So it should be, well, obviously someone still owns it. but Yeah, someone, but no, but somebody owns. Yeah. Yeah. Some, so it used to be Michael Jackson. Right. I he was, used 
He used to own it. And Happy he, birthday. Yes, and he used to own the back catalogue to the oh Beatles. Oh, God. So he had to sell those. And yet those. he ruined so many childhoods. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many unhappy birthdays because of that man. And if anything, he owned the song. The Alice in Wonderland song should have been far more famous. Right. <laughs> A very merry birthday to you, to you. Yeah, see, well, that's what they need. They need a birthday alternative. They try to do it. There's like, uh, there is another happy, you know, happy birthday song. Stevie Wonder? Happy birthday to, to you. Yeah. Happy birthday. I saw Stevie Wonder. How good is he? Oh, my God. Oh, and my God. His other senses. Are very heightened. heightened. He can Man, fill a glass. That guy can fill a glass. He can fill a glass. Ear alone. Yeah, ear alone. Would not need to get Doesn't one of those pretty piano playing fingers he anywhere near the glass. He can be on the other side of the room and go, "Huh, right, done. That is enough." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty amazing. Where did you see him? Uh, at the. It was not at the most amazing venue. It was out at um, like backyard the home. barbecue. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was an amazing. I was open mic night. Yeah, the air to Casio keyboard. Right, yeah. One of those bling, 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 bling. Right, I saw him after David O'Doherty. <laughs> he actually used his keyboard. I shared one. Yeah. Do you mind if I use that, mate? Yeah, he was doing comedy that night. <laughs> you know what? He's a triple threat. He is. He's a triple threat. <laughs> He's got this comedy act, but he starts everything like uh, Stevie Wonders, uh, it like kind of like oh. Simon Says, but they're oh, like things that, that is really funny. They're like things that Stevie Wonders. That's really so funny. They just like swaying around. And he's like Stevie, Stevie Wonders. Wonders. Why oranges oh, are called so oranges? <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh, that is really funny, Stevie Wonders. That's really tickled me. <laughs> <laughs> just, just that it's his real dream. Oh no, that he starts opening for himself. That's like as, as a like character. a character. As Stevie oh. wonders, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be out here in a minute. But in the meantime, please uh, oh, welcome mate. to stage my supporter, Stevie wonders. That is so great. And he just comes out and does like one-liners about things that he wonders. That's so awesome. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you think that, oh, oh, that makes me really happy and I can't wait to see what the internet will do with this information. Oh, I want to see the, the fan art now. Yeah, no, so I saw him at um, the, uh, like at Homebush, like at, like, you know, oh, yeah. one of those big arenas, yeah, yeah. like a 20,000 yeah. sort of thing, but despite that, we had pretty good tickets mm-hmm. and despite that, it was... Um, it was amazing. That's awesome. Like he was, you know, played for two hours, played everything. Doesn't he though? Yeah, and played everything you wanted like him to hear and including like a lot of things that, because I'm not like, you know, like a, I don't own a Stevie Wonder album yeah. or anything. I just wanted to go because it was like Stevie Wonder, yeah. you know, and I thought this will be great. I'll know a couple. Yeah. And Turns out, you know, everything all pretty of them. much. Yeah, because yeah, he's put out 50 number one singles. Like right. it's crazy how many number one songs he's had. Yeah. And how many songs you know of. And you start doing that thing, you go, oh, actually, you know what, this is a pretty good song. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, was, I was glad I came. This is, yeah, yeah. oh my God, Master that other Master? song was rubbish. Oh, so good. <laughs> Compared yeah. to this. That was him? Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was pretty amazing. We, uh, I saw him at Festival, which is a music festival on the Isle of Wight, uh, wow. and that happens in September. It happens straight after Edinburgh, in fact. And it's a lot of my friends go. It's a lot of fun. And on the last night, Sigur Ross was playing the main stage, uh-huh. and they were incredible. The sun went down to them. They played for an hour and a half, which uh-huh. is a long set at a music festival. Yeah, one, about one song for them. Yeah, it was one and a half songs. <laughs> They were just they were, they were just getting warmed up. You know what? If they were around thirty years ago, they should have been on the Nestle coffee app. Right. You know the you know the couple, they, yeah. the long love story. Yeah. 
that they should have done that. So I actually really like Sigur Ross, even though I'm. Oh no, no, me too. But <laughs> you're allowed to make fun of them and like them. Yeah. Okay. Good. I think, but that's fine. Uh, like, Stevie I love, wonders I love... if you can like a band and make fun of them too. <laughs> but I told you to get off my stage until I finished doing the comedy. <laughs> Sorry. Boom. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, and it, it turns out this thing of one is having some sort of like fight club yeah. style breakdown. <laughs> and he's like invented this character who thinks he's... So he can finally be an and, asshole. Oh, and because he's blind... He like because that's the perfect thing because everybody's invisible to him. So the idea that he's actually not not seeing this person like it works even better. Am I invisible to you too? Right. You see me now. And then at the end of all of his sets, he just goes over to the keyboard and plays. Where is my mind? Right. Oh, oh yeah. As, as club reference. As <laughs> things just blow up. In yeah, the, the whole set blows up. Yeah. Or the ground beneath the audience starts to shake and then opens up and swallows them. Uh, my other favourite uh, Stevie Wonder moment, and this is a very favorite, a famous Stevie Wonder moment, but it's one of those things that seems so stupid that it can't have happened. Mm. But is that George Bush waving at Stevie Wonder story? You know this story, right? You've no. heard this. Have you ever? Now, oh, unless I have heard it and I've just forgotten it, right. which is also. Yeah. Well, apparently um, uh, there was. Uh, now, I'm, I'm not going to get this 100% right because I'm telling a story from memory. Sure. So I may be filling in bits okay. of this that aren't true. Hey, I've never heard it before. Right. I probably have, but I want to Maybe none of it's true, but I am led to believe this is true. Stevie Wonders. Uh, he, was at, he was doing a concert and uh, George W. Bush was there and uh, uh, Stevie Wonder gave George W. Bush a shout out and uh, George W. Bush uh, stood up and waved at Stevie Wonder. Come waved on, at mate. Him, waved at him. At Stevie Wonder. I mean, that, that might not be true, but if that's true, that should be true. It should be should true. should be true. You know what? I don't want to live in a world where that's not true. Yeah. Well, walk into the ocean, mate. Stevie Wonders could do material about that. Yeah. Stevie Wonders what George W. Bush was thinking. Well, yeah. When he waved at Stevie Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> so we were watching Sigur Ross. We're at Festival. Uh-huh. They were incredible. Like I've, I'd never seen them live before. I was crying. They're brilliant for that sort of thing. They're, they're, the best place to see them, I saw them at Coachella. And again, it's like, you know, it's in the desert, like the yeah. sun setting. It's that sort of music. Yeah. Like it's the sort of music, well, for me, like not for everybody, because people do get up and get into like, but yeah. like I love the idea of, I think I saw them in, at Sydney at, at a festival that they used to have out at like near Homebush in Parramatta out that way as well. And it's just like, I like to sit on the hill yeah. and just like enjoy it. And like, just be overwhelmed by the soundscape. Right. Yeah. So that happened and Stevie Wonder was coming on afterwards and they were so good and I'd never seen Stevie Wonder live before and he's also 70, like he's in his 70s. Yeah. So there was a bit of me going, is this a bit of a mistake that they've closed with Stevie? Right. Thinking – Because this is past his bedtime It's at the past very his least. bedtime. He's in another country so there right. may be some jet lag involved. Sure. He's in his 70s and he came out. And, and Stevie Wonders didn't do that great with his material. Stevie I mean, Wonders did just, a, a, some bad local. A lot of bad, bad local. local. <laughs> More like worst of all, right, guys? <laughs> oh, Stevie Wonders. Stevie, <laughs> Stevie Wonders, who, uh, which Scottish people are here? Oh, we're in England. Oh, Stevie Wonders, if this is going to go uh, badly or not. Um, <laughs> Stevie Wonders, is this thing on? Yeah. <laughs> Stevie wonders if he's tapping the top of the microphone or not. Um, so he came out and just for two hours absolutely 
blew us away. Yeah, amazing. And it was it is one of those things where you're like, you can't play any more hits because you've still got an hour to go, mate. You're going to run out. Right. And then he yeah, plays why, another uh, hour of hits. Right, yeah. You're like, oh, mate, don't sprint. Don't. Mate, what are you going to do for the last hour? I know. People what, will leave. They'll leave if they don't know. Right. Uh, oh, no, hang on. You, oh, right. Oh, you're the master oh, of soul and You've fun. written most of the songs that I've heard <laughs> of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wrote everything. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always like if, to see a superstar – like, even if you're not into their music. Yeah. Like, I went and saw... I'm not saying I'm not into Prince. Like, I've enjoyed Prince's music. Yeah. But I've, again, never owned a Prince album I'm in my entire life. very envious that you've seen Prince. Um, but he was playing at the Forum in, like, in yep. LA. And I went, of all reasons, because of a Paul F. Tompkins routine. I went to see Paul F. Tompkins' show at Largo. Mm. And Paul was told this story about going and seeing Prince a couple of nights earlier. And it was this like 15 minute like comedy routine. But the thing about it was, it was like also like the best ad for Prince you'd ever heard sure. in your life. All it made you want to do was, it was one of those great things that proves that you can be, you can make great comedy out of saying something awesome. <laughs> no, well, yeah, out of advertising. And so what I'd like to do now is uh, cross to our sponsors yeah, yeah. for our new program. Stevie Wonders. Stevie Wonders. <laughs> have you ever wondered what Stevie Wonders? <laughs> oh, well, have we got the product for you? It's uh, a new app called Stevie Wonders. Um, so it's your own microphone. It, uh, sorry, what was I? Oh, you went to Prince. Oh, so I went to see Prince because of Paul's routine. It was just so joyous and so joyful. And I went, I've got to go and see that show. And I went to see the show and, uh, again, I've talked about this before, but I haven't talked to about it to you. So I've gone out by myself. Like, it's at the Forum in Inglewood, right? It's Prince. Now, uh, as an Australian, this is such a ridiculous thing to say, but as an Australian, I don't think of Prince as being, like, like a, a black act. Sure. If that makes sense. Sure. Like, as in, like, yeah, as in, like, I just don't... Like, you know, when I went to see Jay-Z, I, I was not surprised that 90% of the audience were, like, black people, yeah. right? I'm seeing Jay-Z in, like, LA. Yeah. That makes sense to me, right? Sure. But I, for whatever reason in my head, and, like, for no good reason is what I'm saying. Like, you know, there is no good reason. Well, I, just, I, think that, I think that he's mixed race. I think Prince is mixed race, isn't he? Right. But I, I'm, I'm not even talking about him as a, like, person. I'm talking about his family. Oh, sure. Right? Sure. I've always thought of Prince as being – because, like, I guess when I grew up, it was, like, my high school Prince's, girlfriends and Prince's like stuff. Prince's played like, at weddings. Right, yeah. That's what Prince was. Sure. And then I've gone to this concert and, like, the audience, you're like, oh, this is, like, you know. Yeah. I'm, like, one of the only white people. You are in also thing. in Inglewood. Right. And Inglewood is up to no good, according to the songs. Oh, right, yeah. From no. the documentaries. Yeah, yeah. The verbal documentaries um, that have been laying down. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Right? As I say, all the um, – can I just interrupt briefly? That sounded racist, and I, I'm. No, it didn't. It, it, it I think no, no, that there no, was an implication there, and I apologise if there was right. because I didn't mean that at all. But well, the, weirdly enough, we're both dancing around. Like I'm dancing around being uncomfortable talking about this because nothing I'm saying comes from a position of like me wanting to say something racist or anything. I'm just <laughs> explaining what's happening. But at the same time, the fact that I didn't, it didn't even occur to me. I'm just trying to challenge my own mind sure. and like, why did I think that? Yeah. Or why was I surprised by that? Or why do I even? Notice, Notice that. that. Sure. Right. Yeah, these are just things that I'm, you know, like trying to process myself and kind of work out in my own head, you know. Yeah. I'm readjusting to being in a place where that – like I've grown up in a place where that's just never the case. Yeah. And then you put yourself into the mindset – because I've gone to countries where they like are not – don't speak the same language as me and not from the, mm. you know, same culture as me. But you're visiting. 
like living amongst the culture where you just go to something you're like all oh, right yeah yeah i'm 40 years old and because i'm an australian i've never stood in the room where i was the minority race yeah. just at something yeah, but what, people do that all the time and it, right as a white middle class man that will that will rarely be the case as well right absolutely that will rarely be the case and so it's one of those times where you try to just challenge your preconceptions right like, you know, you try to challenge what uh, – this is the, the best thing that's ever happened during this podcast is literally the table that the podcast is on is currently being cleaned. And we're talking about being white and middle class. Right. I mean, it's actually perfectly proven. This the is point. the definition. Yeah. <laughs> so um, – So you're it, at the Prince concert. So I'm at the Prince concert. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is what I wanted to say was like I always try to remind myself in those moments that these are things that – like people who are not white middle-class men uh, are going through all the time. Mm. And just because I acknowledge that, I posted this thing on my Facebook page the other day. It was that cartoon about, I don't know if you saw it, about how women are treated. Like it was a, it was just along these themes of things that have been posted on the internet about this, you know, the responses to why women don't need feminism or the yes sure, or sure. women in that zone. And I thought it was a really funny, interesting, light touch cartoon that talked about some of the things that women confront that men probably aren't aware of. Yeah. And I posted it without any sort of like, you know, this is what you have to think or this is what you haven't, yeah. don't have to think. Here is something that you can mull over. Right. And most people, like, you know, did that. But, gee, some of the vitriol from, like, you know, men in these things where I'm like, I'm not saying that this is you – you don't have to argue against this. This is someone sharing their experience. They're saying this happens to me. Yeah. And look at all these people who've shared this and liked this. So, and they're saying, yes, this is, happens to me. So you, you might be a great bloke and I might be a great bloke. But it doesn't actually cost us anything to hear what happens to other people and try to put ourselves in those people's yeah. shoes and acknowledge in those moments. And they don't have to be big things. Like, you know, so for me in that situation to just go, oh, I'm the only, like, white person here and just, like, think about that for a second of all the times where someone else is that person. Mm. And, like, even with your friends, like, I'm... As I get older and maybe, like, I mean, I hope I'm not, like, getting too politically correct or whatever but uh, like even i see so much more now of like you know in the old days you might have like a gay friend and the jokes would be about them being gay or you would have like an asian friend and it wasn't meant to be mean-spirited like you know you're talking about like one of your friends and in fact often they would probably you know be the one doing the jokes as well but as i get older and i look at that from a different perspective i go it's just i don't like it no i don't it's not fair we were talking like, about we it are, last we night we are reinforcing that thing in that person yeah. and in that like we're still not you know we, i was talking to a, a friend of mine last night and uh who's another comic i i won't name him it wasn't a bad no, thing or anything doesn't matter. but it was it's one of those things where there's someone who's on stage who is gay and they've spoken about it in the act and then one of their friends who is straight comes back on and just goes, what a faggot, and everyone laughs. Right. And everyone goes, oh, they must be friends. Yeah. But I just I, I just don't want to – you know, it's like my, I have heaps of gay friends and, but like, like they call each other homo and they call each other faggot. Sure, they're and, allowed to though. And they're allowed to and it's funny and I wish that I could go, hey, right. yeah, that's what we're doing. But it's just not – it's not my place don't, and I don't, don't, need, I don't want to But you don't need to join in on that joke. It's not for me. It's not for you. It's not for me. There's plenty of other jokes for you. Yeah. This it's, is the thing I think more and more as I get older is like yeah. there's just heaps of other things you can be funny there's about. heaps of other things. I went and saw Sam Simmons in the show the other night. Like – and I was saying to somebody that it's like it's rare at a festival. Like firstly, this is all I've done here in Edinburgh is like go and see Australian shows. <laughs> 
I've literally not seen a show. I went to a Luke McGregor show, which is fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, I went and saw Sam Simmons' show, which Luke McGregor is in and almost steals the show. Like he is so wonderfully so entertaining in that show. Like it's and I've I last night I saw uh, Celia's show and I saw Sarah Kendall's show, which are both fantastic as well. Um, it's like you're actively avoiding me. No, I'm, I'm joking. Come, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, I'm literally. Well, a, you're right here, but I'm, I'm going to try to come and see your show. No, it's I want to totally see your show, and I want to oh, see Kelbo's show. I didn't mean to. I'm only here for a few. I'm trying my best, no, dude. It was totally a joke. Like, no, no, no. Oh, I made it bad. I didn't mean to make no, it no, bad. No, no, I no. Thought it would I, be no, I understand. Like it's hard because you do want to see everybody's shows, and um, but I've been also doing a bunch of shows as well. So you have to kind of. You no, no. I'm not now. I'm not. I'm talking more generally. Now I want to hug you. I'm sorry. So, like, sometimes you have to break up your day in the right way. You know, you don't want to see a show. Yeah. Bef- Sam Simmons' show was – I could have, like, gone back in and watched it again straight away. It was so unlike any other show at the – well, that you know, that I yeah. go and see. Normally, when I go and see a show, the reason I can't see heaps of them is I feel – like I'm almost doing the show. Yeah, like I go, get involved in the tension of the. Yeah, you know, and I want them to go well. And like sometimes, if the audience aren't laughing at like enough at the right stuff, it's almost like I feel like I have to almost. You have to overcompensate, I, right? You know, it's like you're working. Yeah. Whereas like Sam's show was like it was honestly like, it, you, you friend, you were just trapped in a room, and your friend. Like, the lights had gone out. Like, yeah, there was some sort of, like, you know, emergency, right? And your friend had just found a wetsuit and some <laughs> props. And just, like, I'm going to just endlessly entertain, entertain the you, shit out of you for an hour. And, like, a lot of it will not make sense. And, like, it, it will kind of have a through line, but it, like, I don't know if it does or not. And I think it was, that's the joy, though, of seeing also other artists and other stand-ups or other comedians that do something so different to you. Right. So different. You're just in there going... I don't know what this is. Or even if you do like Pappy's Fun Club or they, they're uh-huh. Pappy's. I remember the first time I saw them and I wasn't doing stand-up at this stage. I was a stage manager for uh-huh. Heath Franklin's Chopper. Sure. Uh, so if you did see Chopper in Melbourne 2007 or 2008. And uh, particularly enjoyed the stage manager. It particularly enjoyed some of the uh, photo – what are they called? The screen the – PowerPoints. Oh, PowerPoints. I operated them, called the lights, no big deal. That oh. was the – um, so Pappies were on after Heath uh-huh. and I remember the first time I saw them and I was just watching this going, this is a joy festival. Like it was bad puns. It was beautifully, a beautiful sketch integrated. Sure. They were themselves but they were playing characters and then there was music and I just, I could have watched it every single night. I just loved it. Oh, and the horn section. Oh, have yeah, you that's seen a, the horn that's section? That's a great uh, – in fact, I've done that, their shows a few times and they're wonderful. They're, I just and they're feel great like people. a child. Yeah, it's joyful. I just sit there in the audience like you play games. I'm like, yeah. Like I was calling things out. And as a comic, you don't usually right. participate at all. But I couldn't – I was like, oh, do it to that guy. Oh, yeah, he's got a funny hat. And you're like, well, get it together, woman. Like, this Yeah, is- no, I, I agree with you. They, like, I mean, they are fantastic. Yeah. And that is a joyful show. Yes. Yeah, I, I did, so – but – and I guess that what I was trying to remind you is that anything can be funny. Yeah. Right? So this idea that we have to like get stuck in these like yes, that's what we're talking. You about. know, these boring old tropes or these like same yeah. stereotypes. Yeah. It's not even that I'm making a judgment because you know what? There's still going to be people who come along who do a great joke that has who, that says faggot in it or that a great like you know joke that you know a, someone could still probably write a really great rape joke. I mean, what hmm. Adriana trust. Oh, that Adrian Truscott, Tr- yeah. sorry. I apologise. I've not seen the show. It's but so the whole good. show's like was caused by that well not caused by, but like inspired by, right? That yes. 
whole rape debate and that yes. whole thing. And she's produced this amazing like piece of art that she's travelled around the world with and like it's had amazing. rave reviews and blown people's minds. So obviously good stuff can be but yeah. but do good stuff. But she she also she did um I was she did a podcast um a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about it, it was like a live podcast and she was saying that she doesn't want to censor anything. She's saying everyone has the right, right. to have to make a joke about anything. But she said, but you st- if you make a joke about that stuff, people still have the right to say that is a shitty joke. Sure. It's not funny. You can do better than that. You do better jokes. So her show is a one-hour deconstruction of rape jokes and how rape culture is or how rape is discussed within comedy. And the way she subverts it is just extraordinary. I don't know if she's going to do it anymore um, after this festival, so I don't know whether to – to. there's one thing that – I think it's been said in a review, so I'll say okay. this. She does the show – well, she does the show without her pants on. Yeah, yeah. Pants. I, think, I mean, that's in the publicity yeah. material and stuff. But she does – she has these talking head moments where she gets a projector and uh, projects male comics onto her stomach – and they're doing bits of stand-up, so you can see that. And her uh, Brazil, like her landing strip, makes up their goatee. It gives them a goatee on their face. And then she, do- towards the end, she does a handstand on a chair, and her landing strip is Robert De Niro's mohawk in a taxi driver. It's incredible. It's incredible. Like, if that was that. Like right. if that's if that was the be- if they were the only good bits of the show, it was still worth seeing. Yeah, that. right. Just like for that. Just, yeah. Just literally putting it on its head, just turning it on its head. It was just amazing. It was so amazing. Yeah, I think that there is um, room for everything. Mm. I just think that we should aspire to be better. Yeah, like just be better. Just be better. It's just like, and if you're going to write a joke on that topic, just make sure it's a really great joke. Like be, or a better joke or a joke that twists something or, you know, throws it around. Or, or like, you know what? Like there's places and times, like context. I'm all about – like, I mean, because obviously set list is a great example. They'll throw you something that – Yeah, you cannot get around. Right. I mean, last night one of my topics was uh, zipper down syndrome, right? So now I try to do this really delightful thing and like – the audience didn't like, and it was a really lovely set last night. I was having a great time, but this like they weren't getting on board for the setup, and so that I turned, I started braiding them. I said, "If you are not getting on board for the nice bit of this, how do you think <laughs> you're like?" But then they wanted you, you to go yeah. like the darker because that's the context of like it's twelve thirty, like you know, a.m. Mm. and you're like in a tent in the gardens, and they want you to yeah. you know. There was well, there's I had one the other night, and it was fetus feedback form uh-huh. and so i went on this whole rant about how easy women have it and they just you know they pop out a baby and think people think it's a miracle and and i went on this big rant and then i went this is very against my right. pro-feminist sentiment <laughs> that i espouse everywhere i just need you to know that this is not where i stand at all right. and so then i just got more and more anti-feminist but it's uh it, it yeah there's, there's room for jokes everywhere there's, right always <laughs> and there's room for context and there's room for just saying something stupid and going for a joke and yeah. like I do sincerely believe that, like, it's good to take someone's whole body of, like, everything you know about them into, like, you know, if someone, like, there are people who can make a shitty throwaway line where you're like, I mean, for example, on this podcast, here's one of the things that I struggle with, and Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not really sure what my position is, is language, right? 
so for example, like when we first started out, like, I mean, well, here's a good one. Like we get a lot of feedback about the way we talk about transgender mm-hmm. things. Well, particularly not so much now because we've like had heard the feedback and yep. kind of understand it better. But like, you know, uh, so you modify your language and that's not meant to be a like a censorship thing. That's just meant to be like we learnt more we, yeah. we know more now i become more sensitive yeah. about a culture that i may not be right. as aware as i should be we weren't terrible people like but you made some mistakes but back in the day but this is what yeah. this is just what we before we knew yeah like my thing's always I, I find it hard to judge people too much on a lot of things before they know like after sure. they know after they've been told or like you know, then if they come around a second time. Yeah. But before people know things, I think I tend to cut people a bit more of a break, you know. Sure. And the, but the other one is like uh, words like, uh, so gay I don't use, like as like as in like, as you know, pejorative. that's gay or whatever. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I'll have some people on who like use retard. Retard still seems to be one that people like are pretty comfortable with using. Sure. Like I've had a bunch of guests on the show who, you know, drop, Drop retard. The and, R word. Right. And I don't want to, like, I don't want to be a guy who's like, I don't think you should say that because I think people should be able to say whatever they mm. want to say. But at the same time, um, like, and people have heard me talk about this before. This is not a surprise to anyone because I, I also don't want to be the guy who each time that comes up goes, well. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey. We've been having a great podcast. See, I am but, that person. <laughs> I am that person. But I wonder if I should be that person. I think that it is, I think that there is, uh, that it has cost me a tiny bit that I think that people think that I am less fun because uh, we can be in the middle of a great conversation and they'll say, you know, what a faggot or he's totally retarded. And I'll go, do you, you feel comfortable saying retarded like in that context? And you see them get caught out. And, um, and yeah, it's, 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 not a po- it's not a popular thing, but I'm happy right. not to be popular. But, well, but this is the hard thing. And this is actually what this cartoon was about a little bit. You know what? I'm going to repost the cartoon on the on the okay. TOEFOP page so that like, you know, people at least who listen to the podcast can see what it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I endorse everything in it or whatever. I'm just saying it was like an, an interesting idea. thing to, to read. I think you should read it all. And like the best thing when the yes or women thing was happening was there was a tweet from some guy who just said, just read it. Just read it. And don't react and don't argue and don't like – you don't have to agree with everything. You don't have to – just hear. Just listen. Just, just listen. listen. Just listen to what these people are saying is happening. Yep. Before you want to argue about why this bit and that bit isn't right or wrong. Just absorb here, – here is another idea. If you read something that sets you off – and I can, I can definitely listen to this as a bit of advice as well. If someone is saying, this is my experience and it triggers something inside you that makes you want to argue – and it's their experience, not their opinion, yeah. it's their experience. experience. Give it 24 hours right. before you respond. So you have to sit with that feeling for a day. You have to sit with that and whatever it does to you for a day. And then you can respond. One, you will have sleep. Right. You will have eaten some meals in that time. Because if you're having that response, you could literally be that you're hungry and you don't know that you're hungry and you want to lash out at someone else. Sure. But just sitting with someone else's experience for 24 hours before you have an opinion on it, when they are someone that have experienced something that you will never experience, that you can't experience. I I think you made a really important differentiation. Then people seem to get confused opinion and experience in debates like this. Where somebody's not giving their opinion, like they're giving their experience and then someone responds with their opinion, Mm. with like a theory Mm. or like, you know – Whereas they're they're not saying that they're saying oh no 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 this is just what happened yeah well maybe you were no 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 no, no, no. that's not we're not 
We're not doing that. We're not even debating it. Just have a listen. Yeah, if you win this argument well enough, this thing didn't go away. Yeah, it this still happened. This thing happened. still happened. Yeah. And guess what? It seems to have, like, like the thing that you can't deny is that there's a lot of people who are having this experience. So if they're wrong, you know, or if they've just missed the argument or whatever, mm. then a lot of people are having that same experience. So at the very least, I mean, obviously that's not the case, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where... So, which brings me back to this point about this cartoon, which was, it's a little bit about that idea of that men have a responsibility to, because, uh, you know what, I am a person who would consider myself very much on the, you know, level of, this shit really doesn't apply to me. Like, I don't know anyone in my life i mean i may but like i don't know anyone in my life like apart from you know i've known family members and other relations but i wouldn't be friends with somebody who i thought was like you know like being uh, violent to their girlfriend right. or their wife sure. I, I like it would be unacceptable to me i certainly feel like i would intervene in those situations mm. like i wouldn't just sit back and say like that's what happens or whatever it wouldn't be cool with me mm. i've always think i've been reasonably respectful of you know, women, I've made my fair sh- share of mistakes like everybody, but like as a general principle. Mm-hmm. But here's what I also have to, had a lifetime of doing. I've been around guys when they've been saying terrible things about women and just not – like I'm not saying that I've joined in and said those terrible yeah. things because mostly I haven't. Yeah. But, um, but I've not also gone don't talk about women like that or mm. don't – like, you know, and it happens all the time. All the time. Like, you know, men can say really, really horrible things about... And this is the other thing. I'm like, when you see these people react as if, like, you're like, oh, my God. Like, I'm a, I am think I'm a great guy and know heaps of great guys. And still plenty of them say terrible things about women that they would not consider to be the terrible things about yeah. women. Because we're still in that age of going, which is insane, by the way, that, like... Over fifty percent of the population, we're currently in the age of discovery. Oh, I mean, maybe they would like to be treated equally to yeah. us. Uh- <laughs> There's this incredible thing that someone posted. It was just a blog, and it summed up exactly my experience. And I've spoken to other women about it, and they've had the same thing. I and- think the cleaners have gone, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Like there was no sort of goodbye or anything. They, they just came in, in and out. cleaned and made shit amazing. Yeah, All right. and left. Uh, and the blog was about this guy who had tried to talk to his friends in a rational conversation and said, when you yell at women in the street, when you call things out positively right. and not, whether you wolf whistle, he could not convince them that there would be some women that didn't enjoy that. If not, most women didn't enjoy that. He said, I couldn't convey it to them. Right. And this was from a man. And he said this line, and it will stick with me for the rest of my life. He said... The, the, the guy who, who he was having a conversation with said, yeah, but when I yell out, they smile at me. And he said, they smile at you because they're scared of you. Right. And that is my experience. Because there's a, a – I, I, I'm sorry that I can't quote where they was, were from. There was another one that said when a, um, when a man asks a woman out, his greatest re- uh, fear is rejection. When a woman asks a guy out – or the biggest repercussion she's afraid of is um, that he'll kill her. Right. I mean, Louis does a Louis does a, a pretty good routine <laughs> yes. about this, like yeah, that, about that very topic. Yeah, statistically. Right. To your death. Right. One? Well, we are your major predator. Yeah, yeah. Like it's literally – that's the other thing. Yeah. Is like men like seem to like, you know, 
it's the when you read these threads and it was really quite a great way to call my facebook page to be honest yeah because i just like i mean gone, you're allowed gone, to have your own gone, opinion gone. but you don't have to have it on my facebook page ever again right don't care because guess what um i because i also value like entertainment and what we do i love that people listen to this mm. and i like i've talked about it a lot recently which is like tofop has a no dickheads policy we've got <laughs> enough people well i'm out guys it's been lovely yeah. hanging out no we have enough people who listen to this now that we have our own community now i'm happy for more people to come in mm. but no dickheads no dickheads. we don't need that many people we're fine We've already got a cool, cool things for cool people. No dickheads. Fuck off. So I'm fine to block people. And I think most of these people, by the way, who reacted to this thing are people who are actually on my Facebook. They, these things get shared around and then yeah. you get the random like trolley guys coming in and like being just absolutely horrible. In fact, proving the point. Yes. That's the, the most wonderful thing is yes. that all they do is prove the exact point that yeah. they're arguing against, right? There's a journal that wrote the comments on any feminist yeah. article are justification for feminism. Right. Yeah, exactly. It is like, oh, yeah, no, that's your proof. You. Yeah. You are the reason that we write this. Right. You are the… Literally. So, yeah. oh, you prove my point. Oh, maths. Already. Oh, okay, that plus that equals that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting because, again, just from listening, I'm not. See, I'm, this is not me saying that men are terrible or that. Like, it's just not. It's from listening. Isn't that interesting that you have to say that though? Right. Because women have to say that all the time. I have to go. I don't hate men. Right. It's like I treat men well all the time, and right. yet if I defend women or men that are perpetrating violence or sexual assault, right. I have to say that I don't hate men. Right. Like a little bit, go fuck yourself. No, no, I a agree. Li- go fuck yourself. Yeah. Because I'm defending people that are being like repeatedly, historically, systematically fucked over right. for centuries and I have to say that I don't hate men. It, yeah. I just find that astounding. Right, but I don't hate men. No, no, no. I, <laughs> let's put it, let's be honest, I love cock. I right. just... Oh, yeah, hashtag <laughs> Hashtag I love, I love cock. cock. Yeah, that, that should be the response. Big yes fan. Yes, all women, hashtag Big I love fan. cock. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you start to hear about the things of like, you know, uh, the, the fact that like the two that really got me were the idea of the friend zone. Like, you know, this yeah, idea yeah. that men get upset when women put them in the friend zone mm. as if like the automatic expectation should be. I that, go to the top because I wanted you. Right. Yeah. And the other thing is that the all, all women are first looked at as someone that like, I know that that, that was funny in when Harry met Sally, but now it's kind of creepy. You yeah. know, it's kind of creepy that idea of like that you look at every single woman you meet firstly as someone... As a sexual partner. As a, but but not even as a sexual partner, as a sexual conquest. A conquest, yeah. Right, there's a difference between that. Yes. Because I've actually, like, in my lifetime, always quite... Like, I've had heaps of friends that, like, I've had sex with at different times. But, like, not because... Like, you know, because you can be adults. Yeah. And it's kind of, like, it's a nice, fun thing. Yeah. Like, but it's... But in that sort of situation of like that you can't imagine that you could just be friends with somebody. Yeah. Like it's a really weird thing. And the other one is that women always say, I have a boyfriend to put off a guy in a bar because guys won't just like say, no, like if you say, no, I'm not interested or whatever, Mm. it becomes like you're a bitch or like you're like whatever and it becomes an incident. Like, so the only way you can put someone off is by going, oh, no, no, someone already owns me. Yeah. I'm already spoken for. Yeah, he'll beat you up. It's like my dad knows karate. Right. Oh, that'd be a better one. My yeah. dad, yeah, my dad knows karate, should, all right? That's what we should start doing. Instead I'm, of saying I have a boyfriend, say my dad knows karate. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. Do you want to get a drink? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. My, dad my dad knows, knows karate. karate. Yeah? Yeah. 
I reckon that would work. I think so too. And yeah. he could buy a plane ticket and come over here. Right. My dad. Oh, well, don't don't tell people how far away he is. Yeah, right. he's in Birmingham. Yeah. I mean, he could catch a train. <laughs> at a karate conference. Yeah. Yeah. He's teaching karate to people who are already good at karate. That's how good <laughs> That's he is how good at karate. He is. He's he doesn't actually, even wear a belt. No, he's pants out by themselves. That's, That's how good karate he is. <laughs> he doesn't wear pants. That's why he's so good That's at karate. Really People won't come near him. It's they just cower. Move. It's his crane. <laughs> he can do the crane from Karate Kid, but like pantsless. Oh, he's doing the tripod. Right. Yeah, that's he actually Wait. stands on his penis and uses the other two legs to karate kick. That's why he's so good at it. Really good at breakdancing too. really good at breakdancing and karate. There is two loves. Sometimes he combines them. If uh, <laughs> shit goes down at a breakdancing party, he can also... You just see it. He, that's yeah. why he always wears those stripper pants with the Velcro down the side right. so he can rip just them off at any point. ready to go at yeah. any situation. And for our UK listeners, we mean pants as in trousers, not oh, yeah. pants as in underpants. Isn't it weird? Uh, just that That's a bummer. No pun That's bummer as in uh, a downer as opposed to bummer as in the British uh, mean, which is pejorative like pejorative. Um, yes, exactly. Although of all the pejoratives, by the way, like, I mean, and by the way, shouldn't use any of them. But if, yeah, if we had to like, if it was like a murder trial or whatever and you had to negotiate down, you're like, look, we'll never say the F word again. You will never like, you know, call people like homos. Like, poof, gay, we're happy to nothing. Ring, whatever. See Kids later. aren't going to say gay. But we still occasionally want to be able to call you a bummer. Or even the action. See, I never use bummer as a as a noun. No. But or bumming someone off. But bumming is a bumming. Bumming is hilarious. But well, I don't bumming know, something that boys not gay. Are, no, the bummings boys and girls can bum. Boys and girls can be bummed, or <laughs> yeah, girls can't bum. Well, they, well, can, they can. You but need you some apparatus. Need, yeah, apparatus. That's right. That's yeah. fine. It's yeah. modern day times. For some people, there is shops it. or online right. dispensaries. There are retail outlets that right. cater to your every need. Yeah, for your inlet. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> hey. Will Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right, we should uh, finish up. Uh, let's bum this one out. Let's bum this one out. That's always good to end on a bum note. Hey. That's the Scottish equivalent of the trombone. No wonder they had so many good stand-ups. <laughs> I, uh, Felicity Ward, one more time, tell people where they can find you uh, on Twitter, on Facebook, on the internet. Uh, they can come and see your show, all that sort of stuff. Uh, at Felicity Ward on Twitter, Felicity Ward on Facebook, uh, and then my show is called The Iceberg. It's at 9.25 at the Dairy Room, which is up in Bristow Square at Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and it's playing until the very last night of the Fringe Festival, no more nights off, so every night 9.25. And I know there are Scottish listeners because I ran into a couple who've come to some come and see some of the shows, uh, so a big hello to all you guys. Uh, go and see all the guest Charlies, uh, as well as uh, Felicity, Celia, of course, uh, Cal Wilson is doing a show. Justin is doing a show. Sam Simmons is doing a show. Daniel Sloss is doing a show. Wendy Wason is doing a show. So many shows. So many guest Charlies. You can so just have an Edinburgh Fringe exclusively made up of guest Charlies. Though. We get to catch up. Like I see you more than my family. Yep. Yep. I see you more than my family yep. too. So we should see our families more. That's yeah, the lesson. that's the lesson. That's for the lesson that. out of this. Yeah, we've all learned something. Uh, I've got a few more shows left in Edinburgh. Uh, I guess you will be hearing this on Friday. So on Friday, I'm doing set list on Friday night. Hey, oh, this is a big special one. Uh, they're doing a tribute to Robin Williams special oh. of set list on Friday night. So they're going to play his 
set list awesome. set at the start of the show. And That's then really awesome. uh, it's a bunch of the kind of performers who, yeah, really uh, have done set list a lot and have done it around the world and stuff. So I think it's probably going to be a really amazing one to be part of. So come and see that on Friday night. I'm also doing set list Saturday night. I'm doing uh, Prompter on Saturday. I've got a late night show Saturday night and Sunday night. And I think I'm doing fan fiction on Sunday. So I've got stuff. It'll be on my Twitter or Facebook. Check that out. Darwin, Kalgoorlie and Perth all on sale and selling fast. So if you want to come and see myself and Justin Hamilton doing support for those shows, uh, then uh, hit up and buy some tickets. That'd be cool. LA Podcast Festival. Dave Anthony, Charlie and I together to, together. Guest Charlie number one, Dave Anthony and Charlie together <gasps> in the one podcast. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. It's when the first when time is that happened. in LA? LA Podcast Festival. How exciting. It's going to be amazing. Have they met before? They've met before. In fact, we've actually podcasted before, but okay. we have never podcasted since Charlie had to leave and then Dave became guest Charlie number one. The two streams, the Fofop and Tofop streams, have never. So like this gone, is Ghostbusters three. Yeah, this they're going back in okay. together. Like the two timelines have gone off, and now they're about to merge and see what fucking happens. What a beautiful history you've created. So I far. know, right? It's amazing how I've made a mythology out of a yeah. nonsense podcast. Yeah, really great. I though. love you guys so much. No dickheads. Cool things for cool people. I love this podcast <laughs> so much. I love this podcast. <laughs> All right, see you guys. <laughs>